0: An, a remarkable show today again. Oh, just,
1: I mean, gosh, we're so good at what we do. We <laughs> right? right? Gosh, why don't right. people? Why don't more people recognize? It? I don't know. And for two people that
2: care as little as you and I do, oh, it's answer. It is incredible what okay. we pull off every
1: day. I mean, wait until we can get to AI to just do the show for us. Like post show for three hours saying conservative things. Enter, and then we can go home. That'll be a great day. Uh, <laughs>
2: day. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, we talk about the new list of the greatest and worst presidents of all time. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't. that's not our list. Uh, there's a couple of things on there that I think you might disagree. We went through our list, but on tomorrow's podcast, um, we want you to take a poll. We'll give you all of the details. We're going to take a poll of what your favorite and least favorite president. How do you rank all of them? I don't think we agree uh, with uh, this latest poll from all of the people who are just way too smart. Um, We also talk about the real ramifications of what's happening now in New York. Just today, two other companies said, "Uh, we're not going to be doing business in New York. We're leaving because of this judgment. This thing could backfire uh, deeply on the progressives in New York City. We also had Stephen Moore on, talk about the economy, he's hysterical, Um, and uh, Carol Roth. And today, uh, you get an extra podcast if you are a Blaze TV subscriber. You'll get it later in your feed, um, one of these days here in the next couple of days, I'm sure. But if you're a Blaze TV subscriber at 2.30 Eastern Time, live one-on-one with Tucker Carlson, the first interview he's done since he returned from Russia... Uh, And I've got a lot of questions for him. We go over some of those questions in today's podcast as well. Brought to you by Jace Medical. I've always said that I will give you the warning signs. I'm going to give it to you as plainly as possible. It is time to finish your preparation. If you are somebody who uh, really knows and has been paying attention, it's time for you to finish your preparation. I cannot give you a stronger warning than that. You need to get on the phone with Jace Medical today. Um, antibiotics and medicine, uh, I think is going to be rationed, but we may even have problems, uh, with the medicine just getting over from China. So I want you to go to jacemedical.com, do two things. First, get the antibiotics. You have five different antibiotics in the Jace case. You can have them in your phone in case you can't get them anywhere else. Uh, you can have them in your home. Also, they will give you as many of the prescriptions that they can Uh, That It'll keep your family alive for a year's worth supply. JaceMedical.com. JaceMedical.com. Here's the podcast.
3: You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
2: Presidential Historian main driving forces behind President Joe Biden's decision to run for reelection was his lovely wife, Dr. Jill. Uh, he noted that both uh, former presidents, Harry Truman and Lyndon B. Johnson, decided to leave office because their wives were like, I've had enough of all of this. If you look at Lyndon Johnson, it wasn't because of Vietnam, it wasn't because of anything else. He wasn't really healthy, high blood pressure, and everything else. And Lady Bird was like, You're going back to Texas. And that's why he didn't run for a second term.
1: Uh the same it wasn't because he completely destroyed our future economic prospects no, by all of his programs. No, no, no. he it wasn't it. because of the constant N words. No, that wasn't it? No, okay, I just want no, to make sure uh-uh. I understand with Lyndon Johnson no. why he
2: didn't run. Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't that. Uh and with uh with Truman, he could have run. Uh but uh his wife Bess was like, I we gotta get out of here. And what's amazing is the two of them got into their old car and drove back to independence, drove back themselves. He did mm. what a difference uh, there was. And he had never been on the highway system before. They, the highways were just starting and he was like, i got to try out some of these highways. And so he did look at the way our presidents live in luxury now for the rest of their lives. Um, so the the, guy, the, the presidential historian said um, that she doesn't want to go because she has just started to teach in Virginia Community College, and that's her home, and she likes it. And she said she's been taking all of the slings and arrows of the last year's attacks, uh, and she's been taking it on the chin, and she's put up with so much— she's this historian actually said that uh at the last minute just when you get all the delegates you're gonna say i'm gonna open it up to a bunch of people no she wants get this she wants to stay she wants some sense of revenge revenge on who And isn't revenge, aren't we? Isn't everybody saying to Donald Trump, he'll just be about revenge? What the hell is going on here? And this, I mean, to me, this shows elder abuse. It shows they don't care. None of them care about the husband, the father, the grandfather. None of them care. It's just about them. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And he's going to lose which just makes me think Michelle Obama. Uh.
1: (laughs) No, you're not taking my $1,000. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Nate Silver's analysis of this, which is is pretty thorough. And he, again, is not like some Trump supporter. He's a guy who wants the Democrats to run a good candidate. He Um, said,
2: if you asked me a year ago, I would have told you Joe Biden was a reasonably clear favorite in the event of a rematch against Donald Trump. But Biden's situation has become considerably worse. If he were 10 years younger, he s- still might be a 65 35 favorite. But in this campaign, he is substantially encumbered by his age. Personally, I crossed the Rubicon in November concluding that Biden should stand down if he wasn't able to run a normal reelection campaign,
1: meaning. Like, little things like the Super Bowl interview. It's, it's remarkable he didn't do that. I, I know. Remarkable. I, I, like, it's just an incredible opportunity. It would be easy. It's not like he, he would probably be able to pick the person who interviewed him. Right? Like, it would be easy. as easy as it easy. can be. And he refused to do it in front it, of it the was, largest audience in the world. It's like the,
2: uh, you know, the the Macy's Day Parade interview they always do with the president. Mm. What are you going to
1: have to eat today? Right. You know, it's that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you'd expect it to be slightly tougher than that, but not, not much. For him. No, not, not for much. the media, especially no. when they want him desperately to win. right? Like if you're cheering on a, a particular candidate, you're likely to get a favorable interview. And they still wouldn't go with it um is and nate silver at the end of this analysis which is is worth reading but at the end he just asks for the challenge did you read the challenge part of this uh, this article at the end no he says a simple challenge to the white house could i or other critics and 75 percent of americans be wrong about this age issue sure i'm wrong about a lot of things but if we're wrong about this it ought to be easy to prove it here's what i propose over the course of the next several weeks, Biden should do four lengthy sit-down interviews with non-friendly sources. Non-friendly doesn't mean hostile. Non-partisan reporters with a track record of asking tough questions would work great. A complete recording of the interview should be made public. The interviews ought to mic- uh, include a mix of different media. For instance, Biden could pick these four. One, a lengthy sit-down interview with the Washington Bureaus of the New York Times or Washington Post. Like, I... I Every, even like Donald Trump was doing those interviews with Maggie yes. Haberman, right? Yes. Two, an interview with 60 Minutes, making up uh, for the interview Biden ought to have given to CBS during the Super Bowl. Okay. Three, an interview with some sort of center-right print or digital outlet. This could be, say, the Wall Street Journal op-ed page or even a team of writers at the Dispatch. Four, wildcard. Take your pick. Bonus points for Fox News, though I doubt Biden would do it. Go on Ezra Klein's podcast, go on Rogan, uh, you know, etc. cetera. Those are... Four super basic things that a person running for president of the United States should be able to do without thinking about it, right? Yes. These are not big asks by Nate Silver. These are things that just show this man has the competence level to handle basic questioning. With the exception of Rogan.
2: Right, which would be a little bit Okay, (laughs) would be out there, but uh, that was Arsenio Hall, I mean, that's what Clinton broke the barrier. He Mm -hmm. said, I'm not just going to sit with the big news people. I'm going to sit with people that people actually listen to, watch, or admire. Right. Okay? Uh, So Clinton did that. And I think pretty much every president has done that. I mean, Donald Trump went on to The Tonight Show and had him
1: mess up his hair. Right. And that was more of a, you know, a fun, like, and Rogan goes back and forth, right? He he has some serious stuff. He has some funny stuff. Or if you want to just go to someone independent, like a Barry Weiss or, you know, Michael Schellenberger or somebody who would just be independent, right? Like ask some questions that maybe were out of the mainstream that he wasn't getting from everybody else. Like, I think that those are basic things. Anyone running for president should be able to do those things without question. I would
2: do an interview, a straight interview with him. And I would only ask, questions about his success or failure i wouldn't i wouldn't slant it i wouldn't play gotcha nothing tell me about binomics and why it's working and i would go down into the weeds yeah and show why it's and not show working. why it's not working and, and let it's, him it's, answer for and he can't he wouldn't be able to go there's no way he could do 45 minutes with me there's no way Oh God, and, no. and me saying with both my Arms time behind my back. Not trying to do gotcha or anything. He could not handle a 45-minute interview with me, a
1: recovering alcoholic DJ. Come on. You're right. Come he, on. He wouldn't even no. consider it. No. Remember, Barack Obama did one of those Super Bowl interviews with Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I know. Like, this is not a foreign concept. Everybody who runs for president is expected to be able to answer some tough questions. This guy has done almost none of them. Did you see the in, in, I think it's in this article, uh, where they talk about, here we go. Biden has done fewer interviews than any recent president. It's not close. By this point in their presidencies, Barack Obama had given more than 400 interviews, and Trump had given more than 300. Biden has given fewer than 100. And a bunch of them are softball interviews on Co- Conan O'Brien's podcast or Jay Shetty's mindfulness podcast. Which, are, uh, what? He's not even doing this job. Is, it, is anyone noticing this? The man is not even doing the job. I love it. I love it when Stu
2: expresses what I what I express about two hours earlier when I'm reading the news, and that is. <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> 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 yeah. We
1: all do that now. It's like, I put it, I can't, I, I, uh, it's incredible. It is. I like, I just can't believe we're in this situation where we have someone who, uh, again, the number in this poll was 75%. And we've seen it as high as 86% are saying that he's too old to yeah, do this job. I know, we I know. all look at this and understand what's happening. And we're like, let it's like, hey, we're driving 85. Is that a Big stone wall in the middle of the highway? <laughs> should we accelerate? Uh, what should we do? Should we get off this exit? There's a McDonald's right here at the at the uh the, the highway pass. We could just go go through, get a couple burgers, or we could just gun it at the stone wall that is just somehow in the middle of the highway.
2: You know what I, I think maybe we could get him to accept this coffee and cars with comedians and the current president. But he has to drive to the coffee shop.
1: <laughs> no, you're going to kill somebody.
2: <laughs> you can't put that man on the road. Yeah, I mean, so we have a virtual Jerry in the
0: car. Right, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to
2: kill Jerry Seinfeld. No. But no one would give this man the keys to their car. If he came over to your house and he said, you know what, I, I'm I'm driving home. I'm just going to drive home. In his car, right. we would all say,
1: no, 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 you're, no. Not. No, you're not. We'd act no, like not. he was drunk. We would act the same way so if you came over and had five or six cocktails in an hour. We
2: would act like we act with our grandparents. Okay, that's what we would do. We would act the same way we act with our grandparents when they hit that point. No, Grandpa, you can't drive. And everybody in America, on all sides, this is not political, on all sides, we know that. We know it. But we're giving him not the keys to our car. We're giving him the keys to the nuclear briefcase.
1: Oh my god. Okay. And asking him to micromanage a war between Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> like that couldn't spiral out of control and get us involved. it anyway, well, there's no, no, no way. I mean, that the could only happen. thing that
2: could be worse is like uh, you know, something between, I don't know, Iran and Israel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or China and crap, us. Man. I mean, look at what's happening.
1: Seriously, the
2: guy—we would never let him drive a car. Never.
1: The only thing. Never. That, the only thing that saves fellow drivers is that his Corvette is so packed with boxes of documents he can't get into it to drive it. <laughs> here's what I would. Here's what. Here's all my interview
2: would be. I've mm. revi I'm not going to ask okay, him no, about any. I'm no just more gonna sit, now. Nope. Okay. I'm going to sit him in a driver simulated, you know, car. You mm-hmm. know those cars that look just like you're in it and you, you, you can, can feel it moving. You can feel it yeah. moving. I'm going to have him do. A couple of laps on in that, and let's see how competent he is, okay? If he can't drive a computer-simulated car, and I would use a real car, but as Stu said, he'd probably kill
1: people. Mm-hmm. And and the entire news media would unite to say, well, George Washington couldn't drive a car either.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, more from the podcast here in just a second. Our economy is dominated um, by businesses that cater to a mob. That's it. If your mobile service is with one of the big guys, chances are pretty good your money is going to the things that the mob believes in that you don't. That's why I love Patriot Mobile. For the past 10 years, they've offered nationwide coverage with access to all three of the major networks, equipping you with the same exact coverage that you've always had, but without sending your money to leftist causes. If you're a fan of great prices and great cell phone service, plus you also like free speech, religious freedom, life, the Second Amendment, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message loud and clear. You support these things, not woke causes like uh, anti-white or anti-anything, except anti-planned parenthood. 100% U.S.-based customer service team going to make switching incredibly easy for you today, plus free activation if you use the offer code BECK. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash BECK, PatriotMobile.com slash or call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, promo code BECK. Now back to the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Carol Roth, a former New York uh, Wall Street banker uh, who, you know, woke up and went, who am, what am I, am I on the wrong side? Uh, And she has uh, has done an awful lot of good. She's the author now of You Will Own Nothing former investment banker. she we I have her on because I want to talk to her about BlackRock's new voting system. Um, but she has a couple of things I, I le- want to let you know. First, she has a new newsletter out, carolroth.com slash news. Sign up for it, carolroth.com slash news. Carol, I wanted to start with you because you are a former New York uh, investment banker. What is the fallout going to be? On this Donald Trump uh, conviction and $355 million fine. Never been done before. Not even with the Gambino crime family. They never did this.
3: Yeah, okay, so I'm just going to correct San Francisco investment banker because I don't want to lump myself in with all of those New York investment Uh, bankers. Like that's any better. (laughs) So (laughs) this... The implications of this are horrifying for everybody who is in business. When you think about presenting your company in the best light, whether it is a startup firm, a venture capital firm, a private equity firm, real estate holdings, any publicly or privately held company that has adjusted EBITDA, they are saying, Here's, you know, what we think the business is, but we're going to put this in the best light. And what this particular judgment has done, in my opinion, has said, you know, even if somebody hasn't gotten hurt, even if, you know, the bank that you've presented this to or the investors said, hey, we made a ton of money, we're not a counterparty to this suit, that the state can come in and say, well, we don't think this is right. We've done our own calculations. We've that you have some, you know, numbers that you got wrong here. And we're going to charge you with fraud civilly, not criminally, civilly civilly. and then put in some insane judgment that is basically like sticking your finger in the air and seeing which way the wind blows, because there is no actual damages. The bank has said that they were not victimized, that they made a ton of fees. And so who really is the counterparty here? They're saying that there was some sort of ill-gotten gain. They made this up. And this has a incredibly disturbing implication for any business. If this is the standard, then basically I would say every business in the United States, somebody needs to be thrown in jail and assessed hundreds of millions of dollars because this happens throughout all of business.
2: I will tell you, if Elon Musk was still in California, I bet he'd be shaking in his boots because if this can happen in New York, it could happen in California. Um, And they're already going after him with all kinds of stuff. Even if you're on the right side currently, if your company ever falls against the state on anything, you're opening up yourself for the end. I mean, uh, how how much of an impact will this have on businesses being and locating themselves in New York?
3: Well, that's the interesting question, because everybody thinks that it can't happen to them. Oh, it's Donald Trump. He's done, you know, all of these things that we've heard about in the media. This can never happen to me. And there is a lot of ego and a lot of hubris, particularly with the financial services and other companies that are based in New York City. Uh, we have seen some level of exodus based on crime, taxes and yeah. you know other decisions. So obviously, the, the ones who have been savvy have already gotten out of their or started to decouple from New York. But I think that the, when something like this happens, they see this, this big personality and they say, it can't happen to me, but why not? Why can't it happen to you? If you go against whatever the narrative is, if you go against the state, and you know you say something that they don't like, this is, um, you know, as we've talked about before, sort of a soft form of social credit. You are not oh, yeah. aligned with what we want, so we are going to find ways to pen, penalize you financially. It's terrible, and it, it is absolutely terrifying.
2: All right, so um, let me talk to you here. We we have about uh, six minutes here to talk about okay. this. Um, Justin Haskins, who is, um, uh, my co-writer of, of my book, um, we talk about ESG and all of this stuff all the time, go back and forth. He's much, he, if you think I'm a pessimist, he's even more of a pes- pessimist, but he wrote to me the other day and he's like, Glenn, this is great news. The, you know, the US ESG bills and the European ESG collapse and now companies are getting out. Even BlackRock says they're getting out of it. And, I, and I, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're entering the time of an election. And this is also what every progressive institution does. They are exposed. Oh, we're not going to do that with your gas stove. And then they do it anyway in another form. Are you I mean, we should celebrate that we have them on the ropes but we cannot let the pressure up. We have to pursue them because they're trying to make an escape.
3: Yeah, I think this is the absolute perfect analogy. And I know, Justin, and we have some conversations offline as well about all of this stuff. And I do think there are a lot of things to celebrate because of the work that you and Justin have done, Glenn, your audience has done in in raising awareness, some of the state-level leadership. We are seeing... Um, a lot of shifts happening. You know, we saw J.P. Morgan, PIMCO, State Street all extract themselves from the Climate One Hundred Plus pledge, which is basically financial institutions uh, cracking down on companies and, and trying to push them in, into this ESG dir- these directives. And so we just saw that happen this week. And part of that is because they are afraid of the legislation and uh, and being hit with lawsuits. In fact, BlackRock which shifted from the U.S. being part of it to just Europe being part of it Mm -hmm. uh, within. They said they cited lawsuits, potential lawsuits as one of the concerns. So this is, you know, coming from The New York Times, coming from the mainstream media, they are scared, but it's not enough. And you know that goes back to this new um, BlackRock voting initiative, proxy voting initiative, where they don't want to be the ones to take the blame and say, "Well, we're not pushing this. You're voting for it." Right. And instead of you know going ahead and um, giving you the ultimate choice on how to vote, they're going to give you options. But of mm. their options, almost all of them have to do. I know this is going to shock you, Glenn. With climate or climate impact oh. or environment or social th- I know it's a social wow. responsibility it's, so I is- could have
2: Soviet communism Chinese communism or uh North Korean or, or North Korean communism but I yes. can choose I can choose. You get a pick Got you it. Get a all pick. right wow that's quite a choice um yeah. so it- go ahead
3: well, I was going to say, and it's um, the way they're doing it is is obviously they've been paying attention to your program because they're trying to really manipulate you in one direction or another. They have this one um, choice that's called the ISS. Catholic faith-based policy. Oh
0: so you're going, oh,
3: "Okay, that's great. That's going to be aligned potentially with my values and patriotic values." But what they say is, quote, that it's aligned with social responsibility and quote, the active ownership and investment philosophies of Gle-, or I'm sorry, uh broadly consistent with the objectives of socially responsible shareholders as well as the teachings of Catholicism and Christianity. And then they talk about for, you know, social environmental uh, social impact Yeah, that they're going along with, you know, the the social and environmental uh, philosophies of Catholic based teaching. Yeah, I mean, they're real. They're really trying to to make sure that you don't read this and say, oh, this is going to be aligned with my values. But they're just pushing this in a different way to manipulate you. So now they can say that you're the one that voted for this.
2: Unbelievable. So damn evil. Um, is. I is. I'm looking at uh, all of the things that are happening, like the farmers. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of calmed down now over in Europe because the politicians said, you know what? You're right. You're right. We're not going to push those things. We're going to hold. We're going to hold. There's an election coming up this summer. Yeah. And after the election, we'll bring that back up. But I think you're right. And I think these farmers just might be dumb enough to think that they won, but they didn't win. You, you cannot... This is like, uh, you know, any good war strategy, you cannot let them regroup, fall back and regroup someplace else. You must pursue them at some point because they're going to keep doing it over and over. They'll just pop up someplace else or under a different name or another new way to manipulate the reality. And you have to if you don't pursue them, you have to start all over again.
3: Yes. Well, the farmers have obviously been very brave and they have been leading the way. And, um, yeah, I think that they may have won the battle, but they haven't won the war. There was an article that came out in the Financial Times this morning about here in the U.S. about the um, amount of investment dollars that keeps increasing in terms of buying up farmland and that the average age of farmers here in the United States is 58. I would imagine that there's similar demographics mm-hmm. and issues going on around the world. So, you know, they may be placating and saying, OK, we're going to drop this, but we know through the fight against natural asset companies, uh, you know some of these other proposals that are coming to the table and yep. things that they keep moving around. That they're finding other ways to achieve their objectives. I think the good news is is that we are having an impact, whether it's the farmers, whether it's the the listeners here using their voice. But I know it it seems exhausting, but you've got to devote some part of every week. To yeah. advocacy because we're in a situation where you, like you said, you cannot let up. They're on the ropes, but if you let them get that second win, they're going to come back and you know go back at you with some jabs and a, a right hook.
2: Carol Roth, thank you so much. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. Carol Roth, the author of "You Will Own Nothing." She also has her new uh, uh, newsletter out. You can find it at carolroth.com/news. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All righty. So, um, what's going to solve our problems here? Well, let me give you this story. Russian police investigate alleged LGBTQ propaganda at My Little Pony event. Ah, yeah. Finally. Yeah. Police in Moscow were called to investigate an event dedicated to the cartoon series My Little Pony. mm Bronies? Well, yeah. Are the, these bronies? Bron- bronies were there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the event, the Mi amor Convention, was shut down by organizers early on Saturday after officers arrived at the venue. Police were unable to find any evidence of LGBTQ plus propaganda at the event, which was considered an illegal activity in Russia. The police received a complaint complaining that our event promoted non-traditional relationships and related symbols adult contents for minors, and general horror and darkness, event organizers wrote on the Russian social media. Two police checks did not uphold these complaints. My Little Pony is a a toy line and media franchise developed by the company Hasbro. The Moscow event was dedicated to the cartoon series, which focuses on the power of friendship and targeted to an audience under the age of 10 although the convention catered to its many adult fans. The logo of the convention in the Russian capital was a pony with a mane styled in the colors of the Russian flag, not the rainbow. My Little Pony has prompted anxiety in Russia as the the country's authorities cracked down on the local LGBTQ plus community with Russian movie database changing the cartoon series rating to an adult-only 18-plus in December 2023. In November 2023, a Russian court declared the Global LGBTQ Plus Movement an extremist organization. Since then, at least three people have been arrested and served time in prison for displaying rainbow-colored items.
1: Because... I, my understanding of mm-hmm. the brony culture, and perhaps you can uh, I can't. jump into this I a little bit more really, deeply than no. I can, but uh-uh. like, it's been essentially adopted by some of the LGBTQIA 2 plus community. Hey, um, stand in line. Noah's first in that line. But like, My Little Pony itself is just a cartoon for little girls, basically. Or so they'd have you think. I mean, maybe they have embraced this. They're like, "Hey, look, we're getting extra people buying our crap. Like, let's embrace." But generally is speaking, part
2: of that uh, LGBTQ <laughs> propaganda, we must censor this show quickly. Mm.
1: I, I just feel like maybe I, I don't. I, again, if just because some other group is utilizing this material doesn't necessarily mean that's what the material is designed
2: for. Okay, so um, let me ask you. Is this how you want to solve problems going forward? As we look at, um, well, here, uh, can we go to SOT one? I believe it is. Yes. Listen to this, uh, Satwan, local one We want to warn you that
4: these videos are disturbing. And store managers and employees tell us that this same man has been accused of doing the same thing at other antique shops in the area. But employees here at Antique Gallery say he didn't buy or steal anything, but they're hoping he'll be caught. Cameras capture this man in a kilt looking around an kilt. antique booth. He grabs an item off a shelf. He's then seen walking behind a birdcage. He appears to put the item under his kilt before putting it back on a shelf. Another camera shows a woman walking into a booth. The man comes up to her, whispers in her ear, then leaves. He appears to grab another item off the shelf and puts it under his kilt, once again, returning the item. More cameras capture the man, repeating the disturbing acts. What did they do with those products?
0: They... Threw them away, mostly. Golden mostly?
4: the man doesn't come back.
2: Yeah, so my Uh, First of all, that <laughs> wasn't a kilt. <laughs> that isn't a kilt. That was a little schoolgirl dress. Okay? And he was inserting these items uh, into orifices under the skirt. Okay?
0: Hmm.
2: Now,
1: what do we do about that? What's this caused by? I think mean, you just burn the store down. If I'm the owner of that store, I'm just burning it to the ground after that incident. I gotta incident. tell you, it makes me not want to walk
2: into any antique store again. Or any other store. Right. People are weird. Okay. So, I believe that the news anchor there, KPRC, in it's the NBC station in Houston, either has no concept of scotland at all and doesn't have any idea that that's not a kilt kilts look very very specific
1: that's a little schoolgirl dress okay is that what i mean i mean when i think schoolgirl dress i'm thinking like a plaid like and that's plaid was it plaid it was was black
2: and black and white plaid
1: okay and see
2: those aren't folds those are little waves of the skirt okay that's a skirt that is a skirt. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't right. describe that as a kilt. In Texas, um, you know, a guy wearing a kilt kind of stands out. Now, maybe in New York. Definitely in Scotland, no. No. Okay? But a kilt is different than a skirt. We are now embracing guys and turning a blind eye to guys who are in skirts. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Why? Because your sexual perversion is okay. It's okay. I want to dress like a little schoolgirl, and I'm a 45-year-old bald man. Okay, come on in. We've lost all shame, and we've lost all perspective on right and wrong. Our whole society has been perverted. Now, the reason why I bring this up here is because Vladimir Putin would use the government and muscle to make sure none of that's going on. I don't want stormtroopers in the streets. Now, this guy, I I would like him to be arrested if you know he is found. The story ends with him, the or what do you hope happens to him? I just hope he doesn't come back. What? No, I, I would like the guy to go to jail or mm-hmm. at least pay some fine. I don't know what law he's breaking by sticking things up his butt and putting them back on the shelf but there's got to be something I'm sure there is yes you're not you know, allowed someday, to do You know someday someday this society if we remain free someday there'll be an old law on the books that was put in around 2025 and it was don't insert things into your butt and put it back on the shelf and people will look at that and go those were crazy days like no spitting while tying your horse to the saloon it'll look like that it'll date us cuz This is when America lost her mind. I don't want goon squads. I don't want what's in Russia. I've never wanted that. But if you don't have any right or wrong in your society, and your society, the major organs of it, the media, the news media, film industry, uh, and your government does, does not have uh, some sort of moral lines there on what's right and wrong. If your educational system is saying, hey, there's no such thing as right and wrong, you cannot have a civilization. This is what happens. Now, I never thought we would have to have a law against guys dressing up as little schoolgirls and putting items off the shelf into their orifice and then putting them back on the shelf. I never thought we would have that problem. So why are we having that now? What's changed? Well, there's a few things that have changed. I think the biggest thing is shame has been turned into fame. We have lost our moral compass. We don't even have a compass anymore. We don't know what direction. We're in the woods. We have no direction where we're headed. Could be a happy place. Could be a cliff. My bet is the cliff is just ahead. But we have no moral compass to show us the difference of right and wrong, north and south, up and down. Then we've lost all of the institutions that would enforce actual laws, not, you know, uh, Catholic laws or Presbyterian laws or Mormon laws or any of that. Actual right and wrong, well thought out. Well crafted laws. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't lie. All of our all of our laws are based on Moses and his Ten Commandments. Okay? It's all based on Judeo Christian uh, theology. It's not a theological regime. I don't want a theological regime. But the only way freedom works, you only have two choices. This ends two ways. You restore personal responsibility. And you you empower in the private sector only. You build up and empower those organizations and those churches that are teaching something that has value and makes people a better person. Something that you're striving to be better. You're striving to be more noble. We're not striving to be more noble. We're now seeing who can be more outrageous than the guy in the little schoolgirl skirt stuffing stuff up his butt. And believe me, within a month, Maybe within an hour, we'll find that person because somebody will accept that as a challenge. There is no low that is low enough. We've stopped looking up. We first just gaze at ourselves like narcissists in the mirror. It's just us. It's me, 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 me. And then when we see people getting popular because they do awful things and we're driven to make it more about us, well, I can do that or I can even do worse. You either restore personal responsibility and the best way, our founder said, is through churches. Because churches, when done correctly, in the Judeo-Christian uh, world, churches teach people you answer to God. I do this job, I live a clean life, I pay my taxes, not because I'm afraid of the government. Oh, I do it because, in a different sense of the word fear, I fear God. I want to be on his side, so I comply to his rules, which also kind of are reflected in government laws. But see, we're not making laws anymore. Now we have the administration making up new guidelines, making up new rules. They're not laws they are new rules, new guidelines, and those don't reflect anything, anything, that the vast majority of people agree with, and they're only making our country worse. And by increasing the power of one man or the administration, you have a greater chance of becoming exactly what Vladimir Putin did. One way or another. You say you don't want religion. Well, I got news for you. Wokeism is a religion. I know, because I wouldn't pay played play by the rules, so I've been excommunicated in all the cool places. It's a religion. America is not a place where we have a state religion, be it wokeism or Christianity. We worship God, and in this country, that is a Judeo-Christian uh, God. All of our laws and our whole system is built upon that. That's not bigoted. That helps people become more Christ-like. And if you're really Christ-like, you're not accusing people. You are helping and loving people. You know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater, they're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan.
1: See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer.